This was brought to you by The Storyteller on YouTube and Facebook. Mary Rushy Coates and the wee black bull li Little Mary's father and mother were out going to the village with a pony and trap when there came a terrible storm. The pony got frightened in the thunder. It ran away, bolted, and little Mary's father and mother were killed in the accident. She was left all alone, no one to take care of her. Then, they were buried. Lo and behold, one old woman came forward. And she says, I am Mary's grandmother, and I want to take care of the child. So, everyone was happy. People in the village thought that poor Mary didn't have any friends or anyone to take care of her. But up turned the old grandmother. Little Mary went to live with her, and this is where my story begins. After a spell of time and many tears, Mary had cried because she missed her mother and father very much. She finally settled down with her grandmother in a little cottage beside a large forest. Her grandmother was a nice and kindly old soul, and she loved Mary dearly. She kept some hens, some ducks, and mostly geese, a lot of geese. Granny used to every month go to the market and sell some of the male geese, which she had bought and reared up, and kept the female geese to produce more. So, Mary really came to love her grandmother after she forgot about her daddy and mommy. She stayed with her grandmother for many, many months. Now she began to feel she was at home at last. She'd found someone who really did love her. But, her grandmother was very poor even though she owned some geese, and some ducks, and hens, because the few pennies she got at the market she used to buy food for herself, and for little Mary. But one evening grandmother was sitting knitting by the fireside. Mary came in by the fire and sat beside her, said, Granny, you know it's alright for you to sit knitting here, but it's not very fun for me. And then Granny said, Why, Mary, why? Well, she says, I don't have any friends to speak to. I can't play with the hens or the geese or ducks that you have and I feel very lonely. But, Mary, you have me. But, Granny, some days you're knitting and some days you're ironing. Some days you're working, and I need someone to speak to, someone to love and someone to take care of. Well, she says, Mary, probably I might get you a dog or a cat. No, Granny, I don't like dogs, and I don't like cats. Well, then, Mary, would you like to come with your granny to the market tomorrow? The old woman felt very sad for her wee granddaughter. It was her only son's daughter, and she wanted to do everything in the world to please her, and make her feel at home. Oh, yes, grandmother, she says, I would love to go with you to the market tomorrow. Well, she said, Mary, if you want to go with me, you must go to bed bright and early and make sure that you're up to help me tomorrow because I've got seven geese, and we're going to walk them to the market. We'll sell them, get some money, and then everything will be okay, and you'll see some people there. Oh, Granny, I would love to go. Because she had never been with her Granny to the market before. Now, in this market all people came from around the country, and they sold their animals. Some sold sheep and some sold goats, some sold calves and some hens, and some sold ducks. And they all met in the market in the village once a month. Mary's grandmother used to always make sure that she took something to sell at Maruhet. And when she sold something, it kept her going in money till she had something else to sell. But Mary never knew much about this. This was a new experience to Mary. So, she was so excited that night when she went to bed she could barely sleep. 
Her grandmother had promised that she would buy her something in the market that would make her happy. True to her word, next morning Mary got down from her bed, and she walked down. Granny was up. They had little to eat, they were very poor, some goat's milk, and some porridge. And grandmother said, now, Mary, you promised you would help me. And Mary said, yes, grandmother. So she and her granny gathered seven of the fattest geese they could find in the yard. Granny took a stick and Mary took a stick, and both of them drove the geese, walked them to the market. Mary was running in front and keeping them out of gate. Granny was coming behind and driving the geese. They hadn't far to go, maybe about two miles. When they landed in the market, the man they heard who was auctioneering knew Mary's grandmother very well. He saw the fat geese coming in. He helped and put them in a pen. Once the geese were penned in the market, they would be sold as seven fat geese. Grandmother took Mary, and she bought her a wee bit old lunch. Now, she said, Mary, we'll come and see the things getting sold. There were goats, sheep, there were cows, bulls, calves, all getting sold in the dozen, hens and ducks and geese. When you have something to sell you must wait your turn. So, the auctioneer sat up there, and he sold cattle, sheep and ponies, goats and donkeys, everything till it came to Mary's grandmother's geese. And he sold them. He sold everything that was in the market, but lo and behold, one thing he didn't sell was a wee black bull calf, a wee calf, nobody seemed to want it. Everybody was finished. They bought everything they needed. They went their way. And lo and behold, the wee bull calf was left on its own in a pen. And Mary after walking round and seeing all the animals, she came up beside the wee bull calf. She put her arms round its neck and said, I love you, you're so nice, and she petted the wee bull calf, a wee black calf. Grandmother was up by the auctioneer getting paid for her geese. She came down and searched for Mary. She couldn't find her. And she went round the ring, searching. Then she found Mary sitting beside the wee calf with her arms round its neck. She says, come on, Mary, it's time to go home. I've sold my geese and everything that's in the market's closing down for the night. We must go home. But, Granny, she said, how about the wee calf here? It's never been sold, there's no one to take care of it. Mary, she says, I don't know who owns it. Granny, she said, please, Granny, buy it for me. Granny says, what in the world would you do, Mary? She says, it'll be company to me. I'll take it home with me and I can look after it. I can talk to it and I can feed it grass. It's a pet I want, I don't want a dog, not a cat, Granny. Buy me this wee calf, please. Well, says Grandmother, I have got some money for my geese today. I'll go and see the auctioneer, and see what he says about it. So, old Granny, to keep Mary happy, walked up to the auctioneer and said, You've sold everything in the market today. And the auctioneer said, Yes, everything apart from one wee calf, a bull calf. Nobody seems to want it. Well, she said, Would you sell it to me? And the auctioneer knew the old grandmother. He says, Granny what will you do with a bull calf? It will grow into a bull, it will probably get you into trouble when it grows up to be a big bull. It'll no be a calf for long. She said, would you sell it to me? My wee granddaughter has made friends with it, and she wants it. She won't have anything else. I've offered her a dog or a cat, and she has not time for hens or geese. Well, the auctioneer said, it's not worth very much. It's only just a wee black calf. I don't know where it came from. 
It came in among some cattle today. Some farmer brought it from the forest and said it wasn't his. Nobody seems to own it. Nobody seems to know who owns it. Why, if you want it, I'll not sell it to you. I'll give it to you because the market's closing. Take it with you if you feel fit. Thank you, says the old granny. You sure you don't want some money for it? No, says the auctioneer. I don't want any money for it. Because there's not an animal left except it in the market. Take it with you if it's any good to you. But bring it back when it gets big and I'll sell it for you. The old grandmother toddled down. She was very old. She toddled down to Mary. Mary was sitting with her arms round the wee calf, and it was licking her hand. It was just a wee black calf about seven or eight weeks old, and its eyes were shining as bright as stars. Mary had her arms round its neck. Her grandmother says to her, Mary, we have to go home. Granny, we can't go home. Not tonight we can't go home, and leave this little creature itself, because it has no one to take care of it. She says, Mary, you can take care of it. Oh, grandmother, did you get it for me? Did you buy it for me? Yes, she says, Mary, it's yours. From now on it's yours. You have it, you keep it and I hope it'll be good to you. Take care of it, because it's your friend and I got it for you. Lo and behold, they opened the gate. Mary and her old grandmother walked out, and the wee black bull calf followed them. It followed Mary as if it had known her for many, many months. So, grandmother got a few messages on her way that she needed to buy. They walked home to their little house near the forest, and the calf walked with them, behind them. And Mary just loved it from the heart, every step she was taking she was looking back to see was it still there, but it walked on behind her, its nose behind her all the way. She says, Grandmother, I love this like nothing else. I don't want dogs, I don't want cats. I want nothing. Now, Mary wasn't very old, she was about 12, a handsome young lassie with long hair, beautiful young girl. So, they walked home to their little house beside the forest as Mary was so excited. There was nothing in the world that meant anything to her but this calf. Granny, she said, we'll find some place for it to sleep. Oh, Mary, you'll find it some place to sleep. We'll put it in one of the sheds that's empty now. The geese are gone. We'll put it in the shed that the geese used to be in. So, no way in the world, before Mary got a bit to eat that night, she took it into one of the sheds where the geese slept. She made a bed for it of beautiful hay. She brought it a pail of water, and she put it, she never tied it, she put it in the shed. And after she had taken care of it, she walked into her grandmother. They had a little lunch together, and her grandmother called her beside her. Mary, come here and I want to talk to you. Sit on my knee, Mary and Mary sat on her grandmother's knee. Now, she said, you must understand, you're growing to be a big girl, and you've got something to take care of. Oh, Granny, I love it so dearly. I love my calf so dearly. Granny, I'll look after it. It'll not be any trouble to you in any way. I'll look after it. I'll take care of it, feed it, and it'll not give you any trouble. But please, please, Granny, please, would you give me a promise? And Granny says, yes, I'll give you a promise. Granny, please will you never sell it? Oh, well, Mary, if you love it so much as that, I'll not sell it. But anyway, they began to settle down and times passed, months passed by. Mary took care of her calf and Granny took care of the hens and her ducks. And Mary loved her calf. She went walking with it. She took it everywhere she went. 
But Mary walking with her calf and feeding it and taking care of it, her clothes began to get kind of withered, tattery and torn. One day she came in. Granny says, where have you been, Mary? Oh, I was out in the forest walking with my calf. Mary, she says, you re in a terrible state. Your coat is torn and it's ragged. You know I'm very poor, and I canna buy you a coat or anything. Granny, she says, well, patch it for me. No, there's too many patches on it already. I can't put another patch in it. Well, Granny, she says, make me a coat, knit me a coat. Mary, I canna knit you a coat. I don't have enough thread. But I'll tell you what to do, Mary, my old grandmother a long time ago was very clever, and she taught me many things. He will go out into the moor, in the rushy moor, and cut me some rushes, I'll make you a coat. Oh, Granny, you couldn't make me a coat from rushes. She says, Mary, I'll make you a coat like the old people used to do a long time ago. If you make up your mind to cut me some rushes like the rushes I want, I'll make you a coat. Well, Mary was very pleased. Granny, I can cut you rushes. And beside where they stayed was a rushy moor where all the rushes grew very high, five foot high. And people long ago used to split the rushes up. They wove them, they could make cloth from them like they do with the flax. So, Mary made up her mind that she was going to have a coat. She went into the back of the shed. She got an old sickle that was used by her grandfather, who had died many years before, and she went on the moor. She cut the rushes, bunches and bunches and bunches of rushes. And the calf came with her. The calf was nodding, pushing her with his head, and his nodding with her. He played and he jumped, and he cocked his tail round his back. He ran round the field. Mary was still cutting the rushes. The calf was always with her, but it was getting bigger and bigger as the days went by. Mary gathered bundle and bundle and bundle o rushes. She brought them back, and her granny sat up. She split them down, took the hearts off, and she weaved them. She sat and weaved them day after day, day after day. And lo and behold, she made Mary a coat, the most beautiful green coat that you've ever seen in your life. Nobody in the village had a coat like this, because it was made from rushes. When Granny was finished with the coat she said, There you are, Mary, there's your coat. And Mary tried it on. Mary loved this coat like nothing in the world. She put it on and it just fitted her, made from rushes. So, she used to walk to the village, Granny smoked a pipe, and she used to go for tobacco, and some things for her. And when all the people in the village saw Mary coming, they saw her with this strange coat on, made from rushes. Even the children used to call her, Mary Rushycoats. But Mary visited the village many, many times, and the people in the shops said, Oh, here comes Mary Rushycoats again, with her wee black bull. Wherever she went the black bull calf went with her. And the calf got bigger and bigger as the days went on. Now, many months had passed by. A year had passed by, two years had passed. And Mary Rushycoat still had her coat, and Mary Rushycoat still had her black bull calf. Mary and her calf enjoyed life together like no body in the world did. And Granny still sent her to the village, and the bull went with her. Now, the bull calf was getting so big that sometimes when Mary got tired, she used to jump on the bull's back, and the bull would walk with her on his back. No bridle, no saddle, nothing. This was Mary's pet from the world. And the people in the village always said when she came, here comes Mary Rushycoats, and her black bull. Everyone knew Mary Rushycoats. 
But life with old granny became very hard, because she had no money, and her hens didn't lay. Her ducks didn't lay, and the geese didn't lay. Things began to get worse, and worse for old granny. And she wanted to take care of Mary. It came market day once more. One night granny called her, Mary, I want to talk to you. What is it, granny? What's the trouble? Now, by this time Mary had grown into a beautiful young woman, and the bull had grown into a beautiful young bull. She says, Mary, tomorrow's market day, and I have very little to sell. My geese have not grown. I have no hens to sell. I've nothing. And, Mary, I'm very sad to say this to you, but we need money very badly. Well, grandmother, she says, what can I do? Mary, I'm sorry, to ask you. But I was wondering if we could sell the bull in the market, and get some money for me and you. Oh, no, granny, 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 she says. No way in the world. Suppose we starve to death. Granny, I canny sell my bull. She said, Mary, look, he's getting too big now, and I canna see that we need him anymore. You've had him for I've had him now, Granny, for two years, and he's my pet, and my love. I love him and we have great times together, Granny, I could never part with him in my life. But, Mary, I'm your grandmother, and I'm getting old. I canny supply food and clothes for ye anymore. I had to make you a coat from rushes, and we need the money. Wouldn't it be nice if we sold the bull, and we got some money? Because someone will take him, Mary says, someone will take him. They'll kill him and use him for food. They'll kill him. No way I'm going to sell my bull. And grandmother said, look, Mary, tomorrow we must sell the bull, there's no other way. Mary was very upset at this. She just walked upstairs, and went to bed, never even said goodnight to her grandmother. Went to bed, but she couldn't sleep. No way in this world, no way could she sleep. Her grandmother went to bed. And she waited and she waited till she thought her grandmother was asleep. Then, lo and behold, the moon came out, the moon was shining clearly. Mary quietly slipped down the stairs, as quietly as a mouse, and walked out to the shed where she kept the bull. She put her arms round the bull's neck, and it rubbed its head against her. She said, little friend, granny wants to sell you for money. But I'll never sell you, no way, little bull. I'll never sell you. And the bull rubbed his head against her. She says, me and you, we're going to run away, where they will never find us, we'll go into the forest. I'll take care of you, and you can take care of me. We'll run away into the forest. So, the moon was shining and grandmother was asleep. Mary quietly opened the shed, and then she walked away. The bull went with her. Off they went into the forest, and they traveled, and they traveled, and they traveled for many, many hours. When old grandmother wakened up in the morning she called for Mary. Mary was gone. She walked down and she called round the place, round the shed. But Mary was gone. And she walked into the little goose shed where Mary kept the bull. The bull was gone. Grandmother was upset, and she wondered what happened, but Mary and the bull were gone. But the old grandmother worried. She went back in, she made herself a cup of tea, and she was upset. She searched. She called and shouted, and she tried her best to find them. She looked round all the fields and all the moors, thought they were out for a walk or something. But no way, Mary and the bull were gone. So, now we'll leave old grandmother for a little while, and we'll travel with Mary and the bull. But as usual, when people travel, Mary got tired and Mary got hungry. 
She was so hungry and so tired. She came to a large tree at the end of the forest. She put her back to the tree and she sat down so exhausted she couldn't go another step. So hungry, so tired, so exhausted after traveling so many, many miles she couldn't go another step. When the bull came up, it put its head right beside Mary, and it spoke to her. It said, Mary. Mary, just, she said, you can speak to me. And the bull said, yes, Mary, I can speak to you. I didn't want to speak to you before, but I want to speak to you now. You have run away with me. You have saved my life. Your grandmother got me. You took care of me and now it's up to me to take care of you. What would, what is it that you would like? Oh, Mary says, little bull, if you really can talk to me and do any wonderful thing. I'm hungry and I'm tired. I'm hungry, I need something to eat. Look in my ear, says the bull. And Mary looked in the ear, and there in the bull's ear was a wee bit o' cloth. Pull it out, said the bull. And Mary pulled the wee bit of cloth out. Put it on the ground, says the bull. And Mary put it on the ground. Lo and behold, when the cloth was spread on the ground, there was the most beautiful things in the world to eat that Mary could ask for. There were sweetmeats, there was food, there was everything that Mary could ask for, fruit, vegetables, meat, everything. And the bull just stood there with his head nodding. And Mary said, is this for me? And the bull said, eat to your heart's content, Mary. It shook its head there, it never said another word. So, Mary sat, and she ate, and she ate. She ate fruit and vegetables, she ate meat till she was so full she couldn't go another bite. She wondered to herself, why is this happening to me? Is this my bull? And the bull said, are you finished, Mary? And she says, yes, I've had a lovely session. I've had everything I need to eat. Well, he said, throw the crumbs on the ground and put the cloth back in my ear. And Mary threw the crumbs on the ground. She finished and put the cloth back in the ear. Now, says the bull, put your arm round my neck and we'll go on the way. So, Mary put her arm round the bull's neck and they walked on and they walked on for hours and hours till at last they came to the end of the forest. There was no more forest. There was an open plain and grass growing as high as the bull's feet. Mary and the bull made their way through it. When lo and behold, they came to a cliff of face, a great cliff, and there was no passage. They couldn't get by no way in the world. And Mary said, we can't walk through the rocks. We've got to go this way. And the bull says, no, Mary, we'll go this way. Follow me. And Mary followed the bull. He said, if you're fat, hold on to my tail. And they came to a narrow passage in the rocks. Mary gripped the bull's tail. And the bull went on and on and Mary's holding on to his tail, when they passed through a narrow passage. Lo and behold when they came to the end of the passage there was a great valley. And the bull stopped. Mary said to the bull, why are you stopping? And the bull turned round. He says to Mary, look, Mary Rushycoats, you must remember. Mary, listen to what I tell you and do what I say. Have no fear. But if anything ever happens, don't have fear, just listen to me and do what I tell you. Mary walked up. She put her hand round the bull's neck, and they walked forward. But they hadn't walked more than two yards when, lo and behold, right before them was the greatest, biggest, ugliest looking ogre they ever saw in their life. He's standing there right before them. And he said, where are you going? Why have you come here? Why have you entered my valley? No one is allowed into my place. 
Mary was terrified, and the bull whispered quietly to her, Fear not, Mary, have no fear. And the ugly ogre hunchback said, Oh oh, such a beautiful calf. It'll just make such a wonderful supper for me. And he came over and said, Come with me, both of you. Because I've been at hunting today, and I have not found any deer or anything. But now I've found a wonderful calf that'll give me such a wonderful supper. Come with me. And he caught the young bull by the ear, and he pulled it. Mary hung onto the bull's neck. He pulled it by the ear and led it in through the valley up to a great castle built among heavy rocks. He pulled the bull by the ear. And the bull went naturally. It never did anything, just went, pulled by the ear by this great ogre who was big and ugly. He half pulled the bull, half forced it, and poor Mary is hanging on. She's wondering what's going to happen. But she doesn't know, and she believed what the bull had told her, have no fear. Then, up they came to this large castle in the cliff, wonderful castle built on the rocks. And the ugly, big hunchback pulled them into a large room. On the floor were a great big fire, and a great pot boiling. The ugly ogre pulled, and he shoved them in this room. He turned round to Mary. Now, he said, you woman, you must make me something to eat. Because I've been hunting today, and I'm starved from hunger. I need something to eat. I've got myself one fat calf that needs to be roasted and boiled, and made me for something to eat. But I'm tired and I'm hungry. And woman, he said, if you don't make me something to eat, you shall die. Poor Mary. She was upset. She was trembling in her shoes. But she knew that the bull had told her to be calm. The bull calf never said a word. And poor Mary Rushycoat stood there. Then the great ogre said, There is my bed, and there is my fire. There is my pot, and there is a knife on the table. And I am tired and weary. I am going to sleep. You'll kill that calf, and put it in the pot, and make me something to eat. The great ogre stretched out in his bed. He was the ugliest ogre you ever saw, hump on his back, and plucks on his face, and long fingernails, and curled toes. But he owned all this great castle. And he's lying in bed because he was tired. And Mary and the poor bullcalf are standing there in the great hall with a great fire burning, the great pots by the fireside. When lo and behold the bull spoke to Mary, Mary, don't be afraid, little one. You'll be asleep for five minutes, and ten minutes, and fifteen minutes. But now and again his voice will speak to you. But listen, when his voice speaks to you, it won't be talking to you, it will be talking to me, but will be gone. Take the knife on the table and cut my ear. Oh, Mary says, no way can I cut your ear. Please, said the calf, cut my ear. Cut my ear, go on, Mary. Cut behind my ear. Why, says Mary, should I cut your ear? He says, cut my ear and get three drops of blood from my ear. So, Mary took the knife, shaking and trembling and worried, and wondering what she'd do with her weak calf. He says, cut my ear, Mary, don't be afraid. It won't hurt me in any way and take three drops of blood from my ear. Put them beside the fire, and then me and you shall escape. So, Mary took the knife, and she cut the calf's ear, behind his ear. And she took three drops of blood. She put them, one drop there, one drop there on her chair by the fireside. The calf said, Mary, search round the kitchen, and see if you can find some salt, a wee bit of salt. And Mary ran around the kitchen. And lo and behold, there was a bag of salt. She took a handful o salt, and the calf said, Get two handfuls o salt and find a wee bag. Put it in the bag. 
So she tipped two handfuls of salt, put it in the bag, and he says, Mary hang on to that and don't let it go, for the peril of your life, don't let it go, said the calf. Mary did what the bull calf told her, because whatever the calf had told her seemed to work out all the way, and she believed in it. Now said the calf, climb on my back. And Mary climbed on the calf's back. Put your arms round my neck, Mary, and we shall be gone. So, Mary put her arms around its neck. And the calf went out through the door, and was gone. It went pee-rump, pitterone, 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 running and running, running as fast as he could go. Hold on, hold on, Mary, he said. And it doesn't matter whatever happens, don't let go of my neck. So, we Mary Rushycoats didn't know what to do. She's holding onto the bull calf's neck, and the calf's run, ningon, and running on to try to get away from the ugly monster. But back in the castle the wicked ogre has wakened up, and he called for food. Is it ready, yet, woman, or I'll eat you alive? I'll eat you the way you are. And the first drop of blood from the calf's ear said, not yet. The ogre stretched back. He fell back. Then he lay again, lay for a few minutes. And Mary, and the calf's run, ningon, and running on. And the ogre said, is it not ready yet? I'm getting hungry, I'm dying for something to eat, have you roasted that calf for me yet, woman? And the second spot o of blood said, not yet, it's not ready yet, but will soon be. And the ogre lay back once more. And then, Mary and this bull calf ran on and ran on and ran on once more. When lo and behold the ogre wakened up once again, and he said, woman, it must be ready now. And the third spot o of blood said, yes, it's ready. Come and get it. And the ogre got up. He rubbed his eyes, and he walked to the pot, it's empty. And he saw, they have deceived me, he said. They have deceived me. There's nothing in the pot. And he put his hands in the pot, nothing. Where is my calf, and where is that woman? And with his vision he looked out, and he saw them in the distance, the black calf, and Mary Rushycoats on its back, they are running on, and running on. Oh, he says, they may run, but I'll get them before the night is out. And the ogre set off as fast as he could. He's running as fast as he could. Mary and the wee black bull, they are going and going and going. They are running fast, when they came to a lake. There was no more land, only a lake. And the bull said to Mary, hold on, Mary, hold on. Don't be afraid. Hold on to my neck. And Mary held on to his neck. And the bull into the water, he swam, and he swam, and he swam. And Mary looked back. She saw this evil ogre coming. He's coming paddling as fast as he could be. His chef sucking the water, as he's coming. As fast as he sucks, the faster they go. The more he sucks the closer they are getting to him. And the bull said, Mary, throw in the salt, throw in the salt. And Mary took the bag of salt. She cooped it in the water. And lo and behold, the minute she put the salt in the water, there came an iceberg of salt. A mountain, a mountain of salt. And the ogre came and his whoop sucking, and his spitting, and his witch sucking, and his spitting all the salt out. Because he couldn't take the salt. And he ran, and he ran, his sucking the salt, and his spitting the salt. By the time he spits the salt, Mary and the bull are getting farther and farther away. And he's spitting the salt, and he's sucking the salt, trying to get after them. Then lo and behold they came to the end of the water. Mary and the black bull came to the land once more. 
and when they came to the land it was a long narrow valley, cliffs and high sides, as high as the cliffs could be. But, after he spat out the water the ogre still made his way. The evil ogre made his way as fast as he could after them. After he spat all the salt from his mouth he managed to scramble out of the lake, and he crawled on his hands and knees. He spat the last mouthful out, said, I'll get them before the day is out. And he came through the valley. The bull says to Mary, hang on, Mary, hang on. It's not much further now. They rode through this narrow cliff, high precipice on each side, narrow cliff for as far as the eye could see. And then the ogre's coming as fast as he could, hurrying as fast as he could. He said, I'll get them before the night is out. They reached the middle of the valley, this high cliff valley, and Mary said to the bull, we're not going to make it. The ogre's going to get us. Don't worry, Mary, said the bull. He turned round and he said, don't worry, Mary. Look in my ear, my other ear, and see what you see. And Mary looked in his ear. She picked out a pea, a wee green pea. He says, throw it behind you, throw it behind you, Mary. And Mary took the wee green pea. She threw it behind, in the passage that they went through, and there, when the pea hit the land there was a magnificent explosion. The whole valley seemed to explode in fire and flame. The rocks came tumbling down behind them. And the bull stopped. And he said, now, Mary, this is it. You don't need to worry anymore. This is it. Tell me, said Mary, tell me, little bull, what's going on? Mary, he said, don't worry. We must turn and go back. Go back, she said. No way am I going to go back. We'll go back now, Mary, he said. Get off my back and lead me back. Mary got off his back. And when she led him back, there was the ogre buried to the neck in boulders and rocks. Only his head showing, his ugly head. And Mary and the bull walked up. The bull stopped beside the ogre. He said, look, ogre, this is the final end for you. You know what ye done to me. And the ogre said, please, please, set me free, set me free. And the bull said, you set me free first, before I set you free, you set me free. And the ogre said, all right, I'll set you free if you set me free. No, said the bull. I'll not till you set me free, you set me free first, said the bull. And the ogre spoke some words from his mouth. Lo and behold, after the ogre spoke these words, there was a great change. The bull was gone forevermore. And there stood the most young, handsome man you ever saw in your life. He stood there before Mary. Mary was upset. She didn't know what to say. The most handsome young man in the world you ever saw stood there dressed in green, and a sword by his side. Now said the ogre, I've set you free set me free. I'll set you free, said the young man, and he took his sword. He whipped the head off the ogre. The ogre's head fell over, and rolled down in among the rocks. Mary hid her eyes. She says, what's happened? And the young man put his arms round Mary. He says, look, Mary, little Mary Rushycoats, it's a story I have to tell you. I was the apprentice to that ogre, and he had magical powers. You see, he rigged me up, and taught me all these wonderful things. But all these things were evils that I didn't want anymore. And I tried to escape. He turned me into a calf, and sent me to the market to get slaughtered, so that I could never indulge in his powers, and tell anyone. But you, Mary, have saved me from disaster. He put his arms round Mary, and he said, Mary, the ogre's castle is mine because it was mine before. 
It'll be mine again, and you must come with me and be my wife forevermore. But, she says, what about poor grandmother? Don't worry about grandmother, Mary, he said. We'll find her, and we'll bring her here with us. She'll live here happy ever after. And so they did. And that is the end o of my story. This was brought to you by The Storyteller on YouTube and Facebook. Listen to our podcast on any of these platforms. Anchor. Breaker. Overcast. Pocket Casts. Radio Public. Spotify. Support us on Patreon. And check us out on Discord. All the links can be found in the video description below. We thank you for your participation. If you enjoyed please like, subscribe, share, make comments. We love feedback.